When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into the Auburn Live show, the Modcast. As we do every week, joined by Cole Pinkston, Jeffrey Lee, and Keith Niebuhr. What's up, fellas? How's everybody doing? It's Thursday morning. A little cold. It is a little chilly. It's a beautiful day, but cold for sure. A couple cold mornings. The cold Jeffrey is a cold weather. He is a cold weather guy. I am not. I'm a hot weather guy. So this is not I'm a cold weather guy if I have the right gear. Yes. Yeah. And, and listen, I invest in right gear. So in the right what, gear. What's the temperature? Obviously, I'm in Tampa. What's the temperature in Auburn, Montgomery right now? It was 36 when I walked outside oh. earlier. I think it's yeah, 56 here. <laughs> this is fur boot weather down here, uh, and that's and that's just dudes, you know. I don't know what the women are wearing, but uh, yes, yeah, 37. That, that's pretty cold. That's pretty cold. I, I like it cold. I mean, 40s and 50s. Actually, 50s, 55 to 65. I think is about perfect. Yeah. I sat on my back porch this morning and had some coffee. I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I'll sip on the cup. And it was it was 33, and uh, but it was. The winds, if the wind's not blowing, it's it's not it's not a freezing thirty three. Yeah. So I had you know it was it felt really good. You you a decaf guy or are you going like hell no? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't drink it for the flavor. I promise you That's that. Actually ordered beans. You you do all that yourself? No, nah, dude. I, I, I'm I, I'm a generic K cup great value brand K cup guy. It's kind of like coffee's like wine to me. I can't tell the difference between McDonald's coffee and. Starbucks coffee. You'll never catch me paying seven dollars for a freaking cup of coffee. I promise yeah. you that. Starbucks. Yeah. I don't do coffee. Not a coffee guy. <laughs> if I never drank coffee again, it would be okay. Yeah. I don't know why, but I I swear I'll I, I'll sip it. I probably drink twenty percent of a cup of coffee and pour well, it out. I, I was down. Uh, I had a friend stay overnight uh, last week, and he got two cups in the morning. And I I think I drink two cups of coffee about every four months. But then I was in Miami recently, and they do those little Cuban shots down there, the shot of Cuban coffee. And it's like this big. That's it. And it's supposed to be as powerful as like a giant cup of, you know, Starbucks. Yeah, just, yeah, just give me a little shooter. Boom. We're done. Yeah. I don't even know if I feel it. Like, it's not like it wakes. I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's a novelty for me, you know? Yeah. yeah I've always thought it's kind of like sushi. It's one of those things people feel like if they say they don't like it, they're not cool. They gotta be cool to drink, you know. Like if I'm not drinking yeah. coffee, I must not. Jeffrey, just put a just Jeffrey, just get you a big old novel and put it on your put it on your back porch next time you're drinking a cup of coffee, and it'll just kind of complete the. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, and then and then you'll be come you'll be. Well, he's got a Jeff's got a whole bookcase full of leather bound novels, you know. Heart smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> of rich mahogany. Um, <laughs> man. Um, all right, let's jump into this. Um, what a weekend. 
Mm. Uh, Auburn wins the game, breaks a five-game losing streak, beats a just a completely reeling Texas A&M team um, that is mind-blowingly bad mm. for, for the talent they have. Um, but for Auburn, none of that mattered. For Auburn, it was a win. It was a chance for the defense to play. Well, it was probably the best game they played, obviously against the Dolphins that was struggling. Um, offensively did enough to win. Running game was really good and creative. But I think I think the atmosphere and everything was sort of what everybody took away from that was just uh, some relief from the fans. You could feel it in the stands. What was what was kind of everybody's takeaway, I guess, from that that weekend? We know A and M is what they are. Like that wasn't what that was about. But what what was everybody's takeaway in just terms of even going back to Friday, the football performance center and. Man, I couldn't believe, by the way, we did the tour Friday. They opened it up at 4 for a public open house. I could not believe the amount of fans that were in line. I'm talking about down the stairs, down Biggio, down the street, around the corner. I couldn't believe the, the amount of fans that, were, that, that heard about that and wanted to see it that Friday. It was, I was blown away by that. So I think that in the game, it was just a good weekend, I thought. Yeah, Jessica and I were going to take the boys to see that to to see the new facility, and I can't remember what it was, but we decided not to go. And then I saw somebody tweet that it was around the corner, the line was around the corner, and I said, "Shit, glad we didn't go." But as far as Saturday goes, yeah, I was expecting that electric atmosphere. Man, it might have been even a little better. And I'm not saying it was standing room only; it was cold as shit, man. Let me tell you. It was cold, so yeah. I don't blame those folks in the in, in the upper deck for heading out whenever they did, because it wasn't full by the end of the game, not not close. But man, I, it, there was it was a different vibe inside that stadium. There was a different vibe. It was uh, it was impressive. One of the better one of the better ones I've seen. Certainly compared to you know the two or three prior weeks. I mean, it was. Nine day, and uh, yeah, those people in the upper deck. I mean, you can see the the flag up there just mm. kicking, Ooh. like no doubt be up there. The ones that stayed, y'all troopers, the man. Um, yeah, I mean, it was loud again. It was, you know, the, the pregame was awesome. I said it on the board. I don't really care what people think. If you disagree, I I think that was the coolest thing in the world when they interviewed Cadillac coming out with arms locked and everything. It was awesome, man. It was really cool. People on TV were like, man, I'm ready to run through a brick wall, you know? So I thought the energy was awesome before the game started. It was awesome. My, my takeaways, yeah, I didn't get to go to the game. I had a, a friend of mine. I'll give you a quick one here. A friend of mine who went to UF with me, he uh, he got in a little argument with his wife, so he needed a place to stay for a couple of days. Right. So I'm having a, you know, God, I mean, it's like taking care of a little kid sometimes. That was my roommate in college. The guy that always needed – I mean, funniest guy in the world. But anyway, he couldn't believe that the Auburn game was sold out. He's like, I can't – you know, we're watching the game. He's like, you got to be kidding me. Well, I mean, this is two terrible teams. What? Why is – I said, dude, I've covered Auburn nine and a half years now. Not as long as you guys. But nine and a half years, and that's what the fan base is. I mean, that's who these people are. They, they, they don't mail it in until – Every fan base mails it in at some point. You just, you, you know, it's terrible weather. The season stinks, and you say, I'm not going to go. But that happens everywhere. But this fan base just never surprises me. It's it, They're always there. 
they're always supportive, and that's what I saw, and that's what I expected, and that part was great. Unfortunately, the game, you know, obviously Auburn won, but it is look, you always rather win than lose, but it, it certainly showed a lot of Auburn's deficiencies because you know, A and M's hurt, uh, hurting mentally too. Um, something's wrong with that team. The the wheels have completely come off, and Auburn only won by three. I mean, you take a win, don't get me wrong, but. Um, but it shows that Auburn's got a long way to go. I, I, saw, I know some people on the board have said, well, you know, it's hard to get the offense going for both teams because of the wind. And I get that, but um, if you're a quarterback, you're going to play in the wind in the NFL too. Um, you know, you got, it's part of the game, rain, everything. It was just Probably. an ugly game and a beautiful game at the same time, I would say. And it was, uh, I don't know, it was great to see the interview. I, I don't know, see, y'all were there. I'm watching it on TV, and the, I thought Cole Kubelik looked Kubelik just did such a great job uh, with his sideline interviews, with his pregame interview with Cadillac, really capturing the motion and energy in that place, letting them talk, but also having give and take with them. And and Cadillac, um, you know, he wasn't incredibly smooth in his interviews because the emotions were getting him, and I think that's great. It was he wasn't a he wasn't robotic. So there was, very authentic. Yeah, there was so much to like and love, and hell, that Auburn fan base is unbelievable. But then, you know, then you look at the team and you say, okay, there's a lot of work ahead. There's a lot of work ahead. And I, you know what? I, I, I think people are – most people are past the whole team deal and how they're playing and the deficiencies. Oh, man, we should run the ball more. And the, I think people are past that, dude. Nobody's, n- nobody thinks Auburn's going to beat Alabama. You know, I, I think they expect to beat Western Kentucky. But I, at this point, it's like they, they don't care. They care more about – the program and rallying around these players and these coaches and Carnell Williams than they do walking out of that stadium going, oh, we should have beat them 27 to 10. You know, well, Robbie Ashford can't hit shit. And, you know, I, yeah, you're going to get some of that. But overall, dude, I, I think they're past the whole, you know, the team, the, the performance of the team. They, they want to see the fight. I told you guys when I was a kid, one of the, the school I went to didn't win a game one season. And 40 years later, people look back fondly on that team. They had they went through five quarterbacks. Everybody got injured. They their star player had a, uh, a guy named Scott Brantley had some a, a life altering injury and couldn't play. And but they look back fondly because the guys never quit. Okay, and I think you're right, Jeffrey. I'm looking at the team and saying they got a lot of work ahead. But the fans are probably looking at this team and saying, man, what a lot of fight in these guys and the coaching staff and Cadillac and these boys. And and they probably will look back fondly on this team because. 20 years down the road, if you didn't win a championship, nobody cares about your record anyway. What were the memories that were made? And I wish I would have been there the other night because I've been to all those great Auburn games, and it looked like everybody was having fun. You know what I mean? It looked like everybody was having fun. And isn't that what it's – I mean, I know it sounds so cheap. No, that's exactly right. what it's all about, man. One team's going to win a damn championship, and that's it. And everybody else is just kind of just playing. And – uh, or just played, and, and I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it looked like fun, man. It looked like people were having fun. It was fun, and let's don't forget, Justin, that all those former players, the 2004 team, and, man, I, I, on the field before the game, it was hard for me to look for recruits because I was seeing all these guys. That, that was my first year here. That was my first year as a, a, a when I was at Rivals, 2004. So I went from a, a fan in 2003 cussing Brandon Jacobs out because he was flicking us all off, running off the field, to uh, you know, covering Auburn in '04, couldn't cheer, and here here they are going undefeated, and you know Jason Campbell, Ronnie Brown, Cadillac, uh, Trey Smith, and then all those guys <clears throat> coming back. At Williams, 
took a picture with A.T. Williams. One of my, to me, that was my favorite linebacker duo. 2004, man. A.T. Williams and Travis Williams. Little bitty dudes. Yeah, interiors, and then you had stud Marcus McNeil. I saw was there. Brandon Marcus. Johnson was there. Who, if anybody remembers, was just a nasty fullback. Um, Brett Edens. Yeah. Oh gosh, I, uh, that was that was cool to see those guys back um, and supporting. Ben Oba, Ben Obamanu, Devin Aromashidu were both there. If y'all remember Oscar Will Gonzalez. Harry. Will Herring was there. Oscar Gonzalez, who was with Oscar? I can't remember now. Oscar was the uh, – he was a two-star offensive lineman. I don't know that he ever did anything in Auburn. He was from Florida, right? Mm-hmm, yep. He was there. there. There was a lot of guys there. Brandon Cox was there. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Oh, I miss Brandon Cox. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, that was a uh, – for, 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 for Cornell, that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, and really for, you know, Carlos Rogers, Carlos Rogers was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I saw even a few, I mean, Jonathan Jones was back, obviously yep. he wasn't before, but he's back and, and Gerard Powers was there. He was a little bit, he was like oh seven, oh eight kind of, um, but you yeah. know what, you know what, you know, what a couple of them said to me, it's nice to be welcomed back. Mm. That was not the case in the previous staff. Did never, and that was when we can talk about Harson's faults and all that, but he never really embraced the Auburn tradition. And, and I think Keith has said it best: the things that he did do were so orchestrated and so non-organic. Yeah, it was kind of cringe. As Brooks would say, <laughs> "Cringe AF." Yeah, you, you're talking about like handing out breakfast. The thing that always got me was the handing out the breakfast sandwiches before a basketball game. Which is great, except when you have like cameramen following you everywhere. Just, just go do it. Yeah. Just do it. Just wear sunglasses. Pretend like you're a student. Do that thing that we saw Eli Manning do at Penn State. Have fun, you know, where he pretended to be a walk. Whatever, man. Embrace it. And I, I, I get it, man. You, you can't always do that. But when you're trying to change a PR narrative or, or win a PR battle, you don't do it with contrived stuff. And, and, and maybe that wasn't him. Maybe that was the advice he was getting. But right. I a lot of people like you guys that thought it was like, okay, it's good that he was trying, but that's the best that he'd come up with. Mm-hmm. Get yeah, going to the basketball stands, put on the shades, and then the first time out leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just he, humility. He, he didn't have he, – he, he just had an arrogance from, from day one about him. And when you have that kind of arrogance – you don't; those things don't matter. You just kind of think you're above um, the situation. Like I'm here to fix things, guys. Like you, yeah. I'm here. I'm here to fix the problems you guys have. Like we, we need alignment. We need all, and I'm here to fix it all because I I know I know everything. And, and, and attitude towards everything. And if you're really trying to be creative, the four of us here could have come up with cooler ideas than that. If we're being totally honest, I just thought of one while Justin was talking. How about Harson could have run out of the tunnel with the in basketball warmups with the team. I mean, it's something fun, something like, all right, everybody, let's just laugh now. Not let me put on these RoboCop glasses or Terminator glasses and look like Mr. Cool because I'm the alpha. You and know? you know what's funny is, what's funny is whether that was how, however contrived, however whatever, people liked it. It, it doesn't really matter. You they no. don't need. To, you don't have to be that genuine. Just try. Yeah. Act like you care, 
fake it a little bit. You think? Let me tell you something for, for everybody watch. Bruce Pearl, a lot, many of the things he does, he does because he knows it's going to play well, and he knows Auburn fans want to hear it. Now, does he love Auburn? Yeah, man, he, he loves being here. But he also knows how to work a room, and he knows what people need to see and hear, and and he does it, and he does it with enthusiasm. And you don't know, he might do a video, and he might leave that video and go, I need to practice. Like, it's kind of whatever. Good, great, great. Glad we did that. Now can I go practice ball? But you don't know that. You you think him taking off his shirt, jumping in the stands last year against Georgia and flexing his muscles and stuff, dude, he knew what he was doing. And to to this day, to this day, you still see that. I mean, I use it every time he gets a commitment or something, you know. I mean, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, just try, man. Just just try. Um, Harson was like Barbie in a lot of ways. Just like, God, just a, just a, not a fun human being. Um all right, enough about Harson and Barbie. Ugh. There you go. Um, yeah, so Auburn gets the win. I think you're right, Jeffrey. I think people are um, – I think they're pretty much over-critiquing the team. It, they are what they are. We right. Are they are. Um, you know, Robbie's completed like 13 balls the last two weeks. I mean, it's – you know, it is what it is. I think they just wanted to see fight, a um, little bit of continuity – Closing a game out, like that was just that was good to see. We'll see what happens against Western Kentucky, who's plenty, plenty capable, um, especially offensively, to to win this game if Auburn makes mistakes and turns the ball over. That's the thing about A and M that that game shouldn't have been thirteen ten. I mean, even with all the turnovers, it was thirteen three until A and M's last drive of the game, in which Auburn kind of I think took a step back a tad on defense. That that game, without the turnovers and stuff, it should have been seventeen three. Should have been similar to what it was the last year in college yeah. station. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think fans are past critiquing. They know what they are. They're thinking about the next head coach. Uh, do, they want, do they want to play competitive? Yeah. I mean, if Auburn goes and loses Western Kentucky, there's going to be some critiquing going on. They're going to be upset about it, but not as much, not nearly as much as you would expect. Aubie's going to lose to this guy? Uh-oh. <laughs> there he is. a pretty great mascot. When you're a school like Western Kentucky, you don't get much attention. You know, that's kind of the thing everybody yeah. sort of knows. You know what I mean? Like, like calling Big Red. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Learned um, <laughs> while doing the scouting reports for Western Kentucky that they refer to themselves a lot as the hill, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Is that what that red thing is? A hill? <laughs> hill topper. There's a hill and topper. They, and they've always, I mean, not always, but in, in recent memory, they've always had Pretty solid offenses, entertaining offenses. Remember, there was some chatter the last few years. People wanted Auburn to go after their OC at the time. Remember, he was in the mix. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember his name, but yeah. So it's and uh, wasn't Clay Helton there at one time? Was he not there? I'll trust you. I don't remember. <laughs> There's a. I'll look it up. Well, look at him. They had Bailey Zappi. I mean, who, who was the quarterback that just got drafted from there? Not That's Bailey. the guy. That's the guy. I think. Was exactly. it Bailey Zappi? Zappy. Um, and then yeah, now here they're exactly. here they're fourth in, the, fourth in the country in scoring and fourth in the country in, in attempts, passing attempts. So it'll be a it'll be a fun game. What I liked was Cornell on Monday. Um, and it's so refreshing. I don't we're not, I'm not going back to Harson. This is a praise a praise on Cornell. Um, it's just refreshing to have um, some humility from the head coach. And, uh, you know, Cornell on Monday, he, got, he was praising the atmosphere against A&M, and he said, hey, Western Kentucky is a, is a good team. 
And he's like, we need another. He's like, I, he goes, he's actually said, I need, he goes, I need, we need another atmosphere like that. Like, um, last home game, come have fun. But just a coach saying, need, I need it. We need it. We need the help. Just like after the game when he was so emotional and said, man, I like listening to him talk about being scared is incredible. I thought that was incredible to hear anybody in that position have the vulnerability to say they approached me and asked me and I was terrified. Like I was, I was terrified of being, I didn't know, basically saying, I don't know what to do. I can't believe they're going to ask me to do this. I'm not ready for that. But I went to my coaches and my players and they backed me up. I thought that was amazing to listen to him just about that. You would never hear that from a lot of coaches. Certainly the one we just had, you would never hear something that showed vulnerability like, Hey, I don't know all the answers, man. I, I'm I'm going to get it wrong. I need help. I don't know. I, it was so refreshing to hear from from Cornell. He just kind of continues to hit the right hit the right notes in terms of what he's saying um, on the heels of kind of what we've dealt with the last year and a half. Yeah, but by the way, it's, I, I obviously Tyson Helton is the coach at Western Kentucky, but Clay had never worked there for some reason. I thought Clay worked there a long time ago, but I don't see that on his bio. Hey, here, here you go, Hilltoppers. The campus is the top of a hill in Bowling Green, Kentucky, that overlooks the surrounding region. In 1911, much of the campus was moved atop the hill, and students were seen carrying supplies up the hill to the new location, hence Hilltopper. Huh. Very unique. I like that nickname. That hill, hell yeah. We're in Bowling Green. Bowling Green. We have two universities literally in Bowling Green. And how big is that place? You have Bowling Green and Western Kentucky. Yeah. I'm one of those nerds that goes down the rabbit holes and likes to see how teams got their nicknames, like the Yankees, which sent, you know, they, who they were before they were the Yankees and all that. So Hilltopper is pretty interesting. So it's interesting. Okay. Hilltopper. Uh, they got to look. I, I mean, think it's interesting. It's fun to watch their games when if, if, if the last decade or so, you know. I can't believe Auburn, by the way, thinking of those unique names, I can't believe Auburn didn't end up like as the Plainsman. Like you almost, I'm almost shocked of how that how yeah. they end up being called the Plains. Like everything about Auburn, and then they just were like Tigers. It's yeah, funny, man. but it's funny when you go back and if, if you look up like articles from a hundred years ago, a lot of the schools like LSU sometimes would be referred to as the Purple Lightning or something. You know what I mean? Like it's funny how they, and then the name just sort of morphed into something. You know? They should have been the Bengals. Yeah. Or something. Are they the Bengal Tigers? Yeah. But I mean, it's like it's like when you're trying to name your kid, and you've got all these names, and you settle on John. I mean, no, yeah. no offense, no offense, John. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it is. the Tigers. It's like the SEC just kind of did that. You got two Tigers, you got two Bulldogs. Since you got three Missouri. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh, you have three Tigers. Yeah. Twenty-five percent of the SEC is <laughs> Tigers. I don't think that's my math correct. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I thought there were twelve teams. My bad. Three out of twelve. Three out of three out of twelve is twenty five percent, right? Yeah. Okay, but my twelve's wrong. Yeah. They're they're fourteen. Yeah, about okay. sixteen. Right. Oh, stuck in the nineties. Um. <laughs> Great weekend for recruits. I mean, it was. anything? I mean, did any did they change anybody's mind? Did anybody go, whoa, like okay, this is out of Auburn. I haven't seen. 
Miami, the Miami Central guys were all really blown away. Tony Mitchell was there again. I thought that was big. Uh, the official visitors, you had Stanquan Clark. You had Lamar Seymour. You had Brian Longwell, the linebacker from Nashville, first game at Auburn. And I thought he said, you know, he made reference to the, the three-win team, and he's looking around going, man, these people really love some Auburn. Yeah. He's like, I, I expected it to be electric, but I didn't have any idea it was going to be like this. Again, this was a three-win team. Um, who else you know, was there? When I talked to the Quavius story um, not too long ago, I think it was the day that Brian Harson was fired, um, he said, you know, I'm I'm in, but, you know, I'm looking around. I'm going to make sure that I got my options open. Well, he really seemed like he – changed his mind on that and was all in with Auburn this weekend. I talked to him a little bit and he was pretty much blown away with how, how, how quick it just, the bounce back. And I think that was his quote. Like it just bounced back. Like it was nothing. And that, that's amazing. So I think he's still, you know, depending on what the new staff wants, he's committed right now. That's for sure. 100%. So he was good. And Clay Whedon was there with the other two official visitors that were committed to Auburn. And, and several guys. I mean, to me, Keldrick Fault. Uh, he's a guy. Keldrick Fault. There you go. We Jeremiah we, Cobb. And I've been pretty in tune with him, but but couldn't get an answer from his camp. You know, before the game, were they coming? Were they not? And they were like, ah, not sure. And then he shows up, and, and I didn't ever see any family with him. Which they're usually all together. He was always with coaches the whole weekend or the whole game, and then was out at midfield with Coach Cadillac. So, and everything we've heard since says, yeah, Auburn's really making a move with him. Uh-oh. Quay Russell did not come. James Smith didn't come. I think Cole said Quay or had flu. Yeah, I, I think we're trying to get it all confirmed. People get mad when we break news on the show and not whatever the type of. I think there's a there's a chance those guys will be at Auburn this weekend. Those two guys. Nice. <clears throat> I think they've been well. Now the, uh, they will have been to every home game except two. It's pretty good. Yeah, you get the right get the right coach in. Depending on what happens, you guys are closer to it. I'm on the out. I don't recruiting. I don't follow it on the on the details. But I feel like you get the right guy in there, and Russell Smith Falk, like those three, right right coach, right nil promises. Hmm. I, mean, I would think those three are in play. Man, those are those are some pro. Darren Reed. Potential program changing oh, class right there. Lying. Ruben Bain, Keldrick Falk, Quay Russell, James Smith, Darren Reed. That's that, that that's a that's a that's a trajectory changing group. Yeah. Mm, that'd be big. I'd be curious to know all old Mrs. recruiting class and how that's uh how many guys from their class are are yeah, maybe that's got to be four or five guys over there that all that like, if you ask them at Auburn right now, they're probably like, there's probably four or five guys on that stat on that class they probably take right now. But mm-hmm. uh, curious to see who might be an option um, to come over if Lane happens. Um, let's talk a little coaching real quick, and then we'll do prize picks, and then we'll do Auburn Western Kentucky. Um, Coaching-wise, I mean, we've kind of just hit a period right now where I think they're, they're a little bit quiet. I think Lane is still the guy until until we hear that that he's completely turned Auburn down. 
Um, and then I think they're still continuing to do their work behind the scenes. Kind of like I told the people at uh, on on Auburn Live, Cohen's still talking to people. He's still doing his job. And I mean, if nothing else, you, you got to do that, obviously, because if, if Kiffin doesn't work out, you need to have you need to be moving along. It also can create some leverage there. Um, if you've got some other high profile coaches or whatever that you're working on, it can create some leverage for you to try to get an answer from Kiffin or kind of seal that deal or whatever it might be. Um, timeline wise, I mean, I think, I think they've got to announce this thing right after the iron bowl, um, right after meaning Sunday, Monday, I can't imagine if it gets to Tuesday, honestly, I'll be surprised unless it's just a logistical thing in terms of announcing it. I, I just, I don't I don't think they need to go much beyond that. And so I think it's just privately, how do you wrap somebody up right now? The good thing is a lot of people are making sort of talking about wrapping a coach up and how does that work? How does it not leak? He only got like a week. I mean, look, like let's say right now that Kiffin agreed to the job and we don't know it privately. You've got a game, a post game. So he's got one post game where he's going to be asked a lot about the game that just happened. He might get a couple of questions about Auburn, but he's going to be asked about Arkansas. Okay. You have one press conference. You have his weekly press conference. That's the one he would have to get through. And then that's it. Then he hops on a teleconference. That's nothing. And hold on. You're muted. Muted. <laughs> that's Jessica. Has no one asked him about the Auburn job? They did. They did. Um, a week ago, I think, on the teleconference, and he said, you know, he just kind of was like, you know, gave, a, gave the very general answer, and then that was it. He really hadn't been badgered about it. Um, and then somebody asked him about Dion. He's like, Dion would be a great hire. Um, he hadn't really been badgered about it. So, But since since the kind of, I think, the, the level of interest in the, in, the, in the reporting has dialed up, he hasn't really had to face it. And so he really will have to face it post-game. And then a press conference, and then that's it. Teleconference, that's easy because you're on the phone. And then let's just say he plays the Egg Bowl. Well, after that, he's gone anyway. After the game, he's gone. So it's not like he's got to drag this thing out for like three weeks and deal with questions. And some, it's like, who cares? I mean, it's a couple of press conferences, and it's over with at this point. So nobody over there in that media market's really brought it up? Right. He had a, he had a weekly press conference. I thought those guys had all the guts and, you know. I'm just kidding. I like some of them. I, I, there are people I like over there. but I haven't seen many quotes come out of that other than the teleconference quote from maybe a week ago um, after Harson was fired. Um, he was asked, and he gave kind of a – I don't even remember his answer, but it was a generic question, and then the no, follow-up no. was about Dion, and, and that was and, it. And, and I'm sort of just kidding because, you know, you're going to get something like that. You know I'm not. Well, if, you know, if there were an Auburn coach being rumored as heavily as Lane Kiffin has been since Sunday – and Auburn's coach came to the podium on Tuesday for his weekly press conference, 90% of that press conference, at least the majority of it, would be all about getting something out of that coach to either deny it. I can't believe Kiffin has gone Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and now Thursday without being given a a direct question about the Auburn opening. Well, no, I, I... Yeah, I'm not going to argue. I just, you know, they, they know what he's going to say, probably. And then behind. You still got to ask. Well, okay. Uh, fair enough. I, I'm assuming they're getting stuff behind the scenes, so, you know, when the press conference is over, you know, that kind of thing. Or, but it Oh, is, yeah. They, they know him personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's, Jeff, I, was, here's, Jeff, I was just making a little 
they they'll shot from our, from our um, this is from our friends at Ole Miss Spirit, the on three Ole Miss site. Um, our our guys that do a good job at Ole Miss Spirit. Yep. This is the rundown of the teleconference, which was Wednesday. Opening statement. Uh, your game against Arkansas last year. No. AJ Jefferson. Uh, with your, they asked him about Kendall Browles and Josh Heupel stuff. They asked him about it being cold weather. Um, he got asked about some freshman offensive linemen. He got asked about Jackson Dart. He got asked about, oh, here's a good one. How much winter weather gear are you taking to Fayetteville? That was asked. Oh, yeah. Um, Arkansas has been playing a new kid at corner. What do you think about that? Did you notice Arkansas? So if he was asked a question about Auburn, they didn't put it in here, which would make no sense. So I'm going to assume he wasn't asked one question about – and this was this was Wednesday. I mean, this is – Can anybody height, get his thoughts on We're talking about Pippen on Monday and Tuesday. Like, this is in the height of – Yes, peak. Yeah. Did, did anybody get his thoughts on the midterm elections? I mean, I'm just no. – <laughs> No, I don't think so. He's talked more – he's probably been asked more questions about the Taylor Swift album. You've than, got, I, that, that blows my mind. No that, hey, hey, guys, there's some serious reports that you're accepting, that you're taking the job. All of the Auburn sites, all media outlets are reporting you're the most likely candidate to rep- replace now Cadillac Williams, yeah. Brian Arson. And, no, and they would rather ask about cold weather and how much gear he's taking. Two questions. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you all this. I'm sort what of a beat. Would it be good or bad for Auburn? Is it good or bad either way that they're not asking? Would it be better if they blew it up and made it a big deal and got the headlines out there? What's what's better here, in y'all's opinion? I personally matters either way. You know, if you want your guy and he wants to be there, it's going to happen. Yeah, but I mean, it's better for Auburn that's not asked. If you if it was better or worse, it's better. So he doesn't have to do. It's just one less thing for him to have to deal with. But. It wouldn't matter ultimately in the end if that's if that's what was going to happen. Then you can just you're just going to say whatever you want to say. What a disservice to their readers and their fans. But, but you go look at an Ole Miss message board. Are, do you think they're talking about how much gear Kiffin's taking to Arkansas? <laughs> do you think they want to know about the cold weather, how it's going to affect the team? Or do you think they want to know about their head coach and what his opinions are about him being the number one candidate, according to several media outlets, including national. Yeah. They're even what a involved. disservice. Yeah. Could they have been told, again, I'm just speculating, could they have been told, hey, don't, you know, and sometimes in, sure. in Washington, D.C., they'll say, hey, don't ask the president about this today. Sure. That have been. And they still have a job to do. Uh, yeah. Is that guy paying their salaries? Yeah. But I doubt that happened on the, te- I could see, Maybe that happens at a press conference. Like, hey, let's try to get teleconference, man. He's just you're hopping on the phone. And you, you, there's nobody. You're at home. There's nobody directing you on a teleconference what to say and what I say. The only time I see him, I mean, I'm just looking at our old Miss site. They did a podcast talking about it, so they've talked about it kind of in podcast form, opinions, but nothing, nothing asking Lane. I, yeah, Wednesday. I can't believe you didn't say, Coach. You got multiple outlets. People are talking about you. And your agent, you know, and talking to Auburn, and and, and and like like there's movement here. Are you you saying that you're not? You're, you're, there's no movement going on with Auburn. Damn it, damn it. There's nothing happening. There. I, I I would almost guarantee you. I know Philip. Philip Marshall. Guarantee you that he feels the same way as I do. I also feel like if this the roles were reversed, 
and somebody told Philip or the or the beat not to ask, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. The Auburn coach being mentioned as the number one candidate for another SEC West school would be asked on Tuesday in his weekly press conference multiple times unless there was a firm don't ask me again. I'm not and that's hey, that's a great quote. Yeah. He was frustrated. Don't ask me again. Joe Blow said, "You got to ask the guy. Uh, that that that's that inexcusable." I was kind of during Jeff's little monologue there. I was kind of hoping all of our faces could just be shrunk and Jeff could take over the whole screen for a minute there. <laughs> Come on, Jeff, keep it going, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've seen nothing pop up. You've got seasoned veteran reporters over there well, we who have see. covered the Auburn beat. We're too busy criticizing. What, well, we, we, what the we, Auburn beat is reporting. People yeah. always criticize, uh, not just that market, but people always want to criticize what the Auburn beat. That blows my mind. You got people at AL.com that rip the fan sites, too. You know what I mean? Some people think they're the biggest fan site out there, but they're ripping, you know, they're ripping us sometimes. you got to get a comment, even if it's no comment. Yeah. yeah. Now you, your best shot will be after the game, Arkansas, which they're going to ask about the game. It's really not going to be um, – well. And it's not a good opportunity because it's after the game. Even if somebody does say, hey, coach, I know you just played a game, but what about Auburn? He can, it's a perfect opportunity for him to go, guys, are you kidding me? I just played a game. Like, well, exactly. and, and, that, and nobody will follow up. So he won't really be badgered then either. Helen, they might lose, and which would make it even worse. Remember when Roy Williams lost, well, didn't he lose the NCAA championship game one year? And the first question from Tracy mm-hmm. Wolfson or somebody like that was, hey, is it, are you going to North Carolina? And he just went nuts. Yeah. He just, yeah. He just, you know, he just lost his mind. And, um, and then he went to North Carolina, right? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it that me thinks doth protest too much? You know what I mean? But uh, uh, now Jeff's right. I mean, I, I was just kind of kidding, but Jeff is right. I mean, somebody's got to ask. I mean, so, hey, somebody's got to take that bullet, I guess. And uh, well, and it's interesting because I mean, I'm sort of looking for that right now with where I think things are, um, which is that I, I think that nothing's done, nothing's agreed to, but. I still think that that's where things are trending at the moment is that Lane's thinking about it um, and that there's a decent chance Auburn can land Lane Kiffin is I was looking for what's going to be said publicly. Cause I think the plan would be for obviously for Jimmy Sexton and, and Lane Kiffin, Hey, now, okay. Now what do we say publicly for the next week? We downplay it. We shoot it down. We, whatever. And so I was kind of interested in seeing how they did that and what was said and how strong the language was and, um, cause I think it would, it would, it would probably say a lot given the interest we know is there. If he just came out and said, guys, I'm just worried about Ole Miss. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's all you get. And you know, the interest, like that would be telling to me every time. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I've been looking for that and I haven't, I haven't all seen right. this. Isn't just message board rumor. You've got Chris Lowe from ESPN tweeting about it. Yeah. Mul- multiple occasion that their interest there, uh, h- how you go a, a press conference Without asking him about that, it, it just—I'm very disappointed in the Ole Miss beat. And Pete Thamel, um, I think he tweeted about it too. Uh, um, matter of fact, if, if anybody has Pete Thamel, I think this was so we're recording on Thursday. I think Chris Lowe, so Chris Lowe tweeted on Wednesday. He was also on the next round live show out of Birmingham, and he and he talked specifically about Lane Kiffin, specifically about NIL and how important that would be, and. Uh, he said Auburn's NIL is 10 times what Ole Miss's NIL is. 
and and if if, if Lane made the jump, that would be important. So yeah, he's Chris Lowe's com- completely openly um, talking about it, and I think Pete Thamel may have made a comment about it too, which is which is interesting. I'm trying to find it because that would be interesting timing if you have two national people on the same day all of a sudden start to. Well, I don't see it. Maybe you mentioned it in a podcast. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, the fact that he hasn't been asked about it is crazy. Like I told, I was on a show, I don't even know what day it is, earlier this week. And I, I just said, they were like, if you, Vegas, if you're in Vegas, what would you do right now? Um, and I'm like, I'd bet on Lane Kiffin. I think right now, you're asking me right now, I think he's going to be the next head coach. I do. I think, I think, that, I think that Auburn has thrown the book at him. Um, I'll say this, and I'll put this on the board later since we're talking about it. Um, I talked to somebody on Wednesday night that's – how do I say this? They're, um, they're very close to somebody who has, who has a relationship with Lane Kiffin, okay? Um, and uh, they go out they, – their comment to me was, I'll tell you this, he absolutely wants the job. Um. Given and then, given what I think Auburn is offering him and willing to do to try to get him, it's I would be a little bit surprised if it doesn't happen. I just I just think Auburn's all in on this thing. Say, hey, you want you want money? If it's a autonomy, whatever. Like we're gonna we're gonna try to align this thing and do it right. I, I have a hard time thinking it doesn't come together at the moment. Well, let me let me say this. And Cole asked a good question earlier. Is it good or bad for Auburn that he wasn't asked? So if he is the guy, and you know we've had uh, some insiders on the boards, you know, b- putting out the, the the Pope smoke, saying it's a done deal. If that is in fact accurate, what you're going to see now is you're going to see a lot of less Lane Kiffin talk. You're probably going to see a lot more guys jumping to the top of the board. You're going to see some detraction, and we noticed. Wednesday, a lot less chatter. A lot less chatter Wednesday about Lane Kiffin. You know, it's just kind of gradually. And now we're starting to hear some other names. Don't forget about this guy. Don't forget about that guy. Was, it, 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 so either two, one or two thing. things happen. Yeah, one or two things happen. It is Auburn has gotten close to something with Lane Kiffin. Or they haven't, and they've moved on, or they've got it, and you're going to see some red herrings come up to detract the attention. Well, I don't know. I have no idea. Like catch twenty two of sorts, because you, you don't. I mean, if you're on Lane's camp, and we talked about this a little bit, and you know, y'all may disagree or agree, but you really don't want that getting out. I mean, you don't want it getting out, whether it does or not. You just don't want to burn that bridge too heavily with your with the team you're you're leaving. Maybe he doesn't care. I don't know. But if it is if there is real smoke that he could be Auburn's next head coach, I think the quietness on his name would be a good sign at this point with some play. That's just my feeling on it. Yeah. <clears throat> Jeffrey, it's almost like you're saying it's it's almost like you're saying that like there was like a, I don't know, like almost like a 48-hour period that was like, you know, there was movement and stuff. It's almost, it, it's almost like that's what you're saying. 
Um, and then things that was really a, a really important time potentially. I don't know. You know, I've got a subscription to his website. We've got some great intel on this thing. <laughs> Might have heard of it. Auburn Live on three. Twenty five dollars will get you to August. Get signed up. But yeah, you're you're right. That's where we're at with this thing is like you're hearing, you know, some of these names kind of you know, we, we mentioned or you know, we mentioned Dabo a couple days ago just in terms of hey, it's out there, can't really confirm anything, but wouldn't shock me if, if there's conversation and then that's sort of picking up steam. And Luke Fickle is one that I'm probably gonna mention today is still being in the mix. Um and so yeah, that's kind of where you're at now, which is which is kind of goes back to what I was talking about. Cohen's still going to do his job and talk to these people, um, and uh, you know, because things could break down on the on the Kiffin front. Hugh Freeze, by the way, is just sitting back there going, "Mm-hmm." You know, what we haven't had this time. Please. We haven't had we haven't had, we haven't had those mass denials from coaches across the country. Yeah. Guys, is still a joke. Like Lanning, you know that one. That one was hilarious. Like that, I still like. We're it's 2022, and we still will listen to a coach give that speech, and you'll have beat people go, "See, Lee's never going anywhere." I'm like, guys, like I don't think he's leaving Oregon. I don't know what it would take, but if you think Auburn's not, rem- if you think Auburn's not remaining in contact to some degree with him, you're crazy. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I took him off the board because I just I don't. I think he said no, and uh, to what Auburn was offering. But if Auburn offered the right package, but I don't think Auburn would offer Laning what they're going to offer Kiffin. I don't. I don't think those are two. I don't think they view those guys the same. And you shouldn't. Laning's 35 and one year head coach. I, I wouldn't view them the same. But if you offered Laning what you offered, or what, what I think they're offering Kiffin, like a 10 for 10 or 10 for 12 type of deal. <laughs> you can bet Dan Lanning's listening and having that conversation. Um, he's not going, I love it in Eugene. It's rainy. It's nowhere near the southeast. I love it. You can keep your money. <laughs> like, no. Come on. Uh, Cole, I, 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 um, I, I guess this kind of goes back to what I was saying. If, if Lane Kiffin is your guy, and I have no idea what's going on, but if he is and something that happened in those 48 hours, Justin, the most important thing for you to do over the next 10 days is to let it die down, right? Yeah, take yeah. the take the attention off of that. Yeah. Let's put the attention on Dabo. Let's put, let's let's throw Hugh Freeze back in the mix. Not not that he's ever been out, but that that's what I was saying is let's yeah. and don't think that these guys aren't controlling what gets out. Right. And, and yeah. the agents as well. And the agents as well, who, who can get their other clients to can get it out there that their other clients may be communicating with Auburn to make their main target more money, right? I mean that's how it works. Yeah, yeah the Dabo one is an interesting one on that. I mean that, that makes no that, sense to me. Help, help everybody's me. reaction to that. Everybody's like, "What? That doesn't make." I guess Brian Kelly to LSU didn't make any sense either. Well, unless you think, I mean. It doesn't make any sense, but then you'd say, okay, well, what were some reasons? What are some reasons that maybe a guy with his stature would leave Clemson? Well, one, but these are just potential things, by the way. And I'm not—I don't think the guy ends up at Auburn. But one would be winning ten games at Clemson now isn't enough anymore. That's what he's done there. He's gotten them so good that when he has a ten-win season, he's having—he's getting criticized, um, and that caused Steve Spurrier to leave for the NFL. 
What's another one? The eight. What is the ACC's future, guys? Doesn't look great. I think that's a big one. Man, I, that's the only thing I could come up with. It doesn't look great. If you're the SEC, I got news for you. So the big power brokers in the SEC, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, LSU, they don't want Clemson anywhere near the SEC. And neither does South Carolina, by the way. And so, and then you figure, okay, well, they don't want Florida State. They probably don't want Florida State Miami in the conference either. So, you know, to get to get Clemson, you probably have to take a bunch of them. So, I, you know, what's the future of the ACC? I don't know. I mean, the Big Ten's going to be raking it in. We know that. The SEC's continued to going to continue to rake it in. Are there going to be two 20-team conferences? And what does that mean for those schools? So, you know, so, okay, you see all that. But then wasn't he a diehard Bama fan growing up? I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's – I mean, things change, obviously, but or can change. But it doesn't seem – doesn't seem – who knows? It doesn't seem like that would be the fit, Justin, that you've talked about before. I don't know. Well – it's and, and I, it's interesting because like okay is that one that leaked potentially to make Clemson fan, one make maybe make Clemson fans sort of regain some appreciation for Dabo right. um, maybe yeah and I don't even know more money but just you know where Clemson goes hey whoa like we're good right what what, what is this working you know whatever I think Clemson fans are probably the minute they're like um, he may go maybe it's regaining some appreciation because yeah I don't know the dynamics of Clemson and, and Dabo I don't know. Uh, outside of realignment and NIL, which I don't know their NIL standing. I don't know where they're at or how much money they've raised. Davo, of course, has had has been outspoken in the past sort of against it in some ways. So that that's an interesting thing um, or just not a fan of how it's going. You're going to have to adjust. But, uh, yeah, I don't – but I will say, like, if you ask uh, Cohen, would it make sense for Davo in terms of John Cohen? It would. Like, I could see John Cohen absolutely – um, loving the opportunity. If it, it, he got to hire somebody like that as his first head coach, I mean, you wouldn't blame him at all. If that didn't work out, it'd be hard to blame John Cohen. Like that'd dude, be an attention getter, that's for sure. Oh my I, God! I, think, yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna happen. I think Keith, you bring up a point that I have not even begun to think about. But the conferences—that's such a great point to me. That gives merit to names like Dad Sweeney and, and uh, Luke Fickle, guys that are not in the SEC because. If you have an opportunity to get in the SEC and a school like Auburn that does have NIL and facilities and all of this, it makes the Auburn job look even better to, to those outside the SEC. With everything going on, there's no certainty that anything but the SEC or these, you know, three or four power conferences, even, you can't even call them power private work as, you know, they're we it's like we, super conferences for me. Oh, sorry. We haven't talked a lot about Luke Fickle, and I was, you know, I wonder what you guys think about you know, I've had people say, well, who, who Fickle, is that a big name? What, what do you guys think about I – mean, I know he's a big name, but I mean I, – I, yeah, I think he's a big name. I mentioned him a few minutes ago. Um, well, I know, but I mean, in ter- we haven't really gone in depth. Yeah, on because – and, I, and I, I hadn't even had him on the hot board just because I, I, there was just nothing there from what I understand. But I think there's, I think there's maybe some, some renewed interest there. Um, and I think Auburn stayed in touch with them. And so I'm probably going to actually add him to the hot board as somebody to watch. Um, and so I don't know how – I mean, he's done a great job at Cincinnati. I mean, that's a he's, – he's built a – he's – I'd say built Brian Kelly. But he's done a great job there. I mean, they had really good teams. Um, but he's an Ohio guy, right? Yeah, no ties. Yeah, I don't know about his ties to the Southeast. I have a question on him. That's an interesting fit question. I think. Well, being that he was 15 years at Ohio State, I think that he's probably recruited the South a lot. Mm-hmm. So, 
um, that, that would be, you know, that's... So that's a big can, difference between him and some other guy that was yeah. not a good fit. Well, that's yeah. what I, I'm asking. I mean, the 15 years at Ohio State makes a big difference in, in the point I was about to make, but how much different are Cincinnati and Boise State? Are they different? Is Cincinnati much higher than Boise State? What do you think? I think uh, Cincinnati is more equivalent to the Chris Peterson Boise than yeah. the Brian Harson Boise. Yeah. Or and, similar, and now, not equivalent, but similar. Now, having said that, I don't think that's the, you know, the key thing you should be looking at. I'm just saying, you know, you're talking about a guy that's run that program. If you're worried about recruiting, recruiting was the one thing nobody knew about Brian Harson when you brought him in. You knew he was a winner. Nobody denied that. He was winning over there. He won at Arkansas State when he was the head coach there that one year. We just didn't know how he recruited. And it turns out, you know, maybe not the best for Auburn as far as recruiting goes. Not maybe. Not the best for Auburn as far as recruiting goes. Is Luke Fickle in that category? Do we know? I mean, do we have a way to know? Obviously, the Ohio State years helps. But as a head coach, that's that's my biggest question with Luke Fickle. I think Luke Fickle signed as many guys from Phoenix City Central in the last 10 years than Auburn has. Yes, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right. I have to go look at their classes and see. <laughs> back in the back says Fickle was the head coach at Iowa State for Ohio State for one year after the Trestle allegations. Yeah, um, that's true too. And yeah, I don't know. I have to go look at their recruiting classes. I mean, obviously, really good players and talent. I mean, look at what they've done the past couple of years and how good that team was that competed hard with with Alabama. I mean, um, I, I don't know how highly some of those guys were ranked. Like Desmond Ritter, I don't know what he was out of high school. Who was that cornerback that they had um, yeah. last year? Lost Gardner. Garden was fantastic. Um, you know, did he develop those guys or or not? But yeah, recruiting's a, a a massive a massive massive part of it in terms of just the willingness to really just the willingness to get out there and do it. That's what's crazy. Harson, well, he kind of didn't have both. He didn't have the willingness, and he also didn't have the personality. But man, just some effort um, would have been a uh, would have been nice. But yeah, I don't know about Fickle. That's one I think. Bickle and Jeff Grimes both would, would probably be thrown into a box of Auburn fans going, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah I'm not so. sure how to feel. I'm pretty good, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't, you know they, they'll have a hard time picturing him, I think, as the Auburn head coach for a minute. Yeah. It is kind of a weird picture, honestly. He wouldn't move that needle for a lot of folks. Nah, he wouldn't. Luke Fickle would not. Which is – yeah, he's he's he he probably should, but yeah, he, yeah. he's a, um, he's a fantastic coach. Yeah, he wouldn't move the needle he he when he was at Ohio State. Raekwon McMillan, remember him? Five star. Yeah. That was one of Fickle's recruits out of the state of Georgia. Ohio State's been prominent in the Atlanta area as well. Prominent in Florida, they've done South Florida, Tampa Bay, South Florida. Yeah, so they. I think he would be. I don't think. I think. Look, I think when you're at Ohio State, as long as he is. It, that's the closest thing to an SEC school that's not in the SEC, right? In terms of infrastructure, uh, I, I'm, I'd be willing to bet their NIL game is pretty pretty good at Ohio State. There's nothing that they don't do well, and they're not afraid to get in there and mix it up with the Auburns, Alabamas, and Georgias of the world. So I think he's probably is, is it a, would it be a sexy hire? Probably not to some people, but if that is one of your fallback plans, mm-hmm. that's a hell. Again, I, I think yeah. he agrees. That's a pretty good. That's a guy that's going to win a lot of football games in the next 20 years. I think he's 49 years old. 
So that, that's a guy that's still got a lot left in him. And, uh, you know, he really took a bullet for Ohio State when he, when he finished out that season for them, knowing that he probably wasn't going to be the long-term answer there. Uh, so I think Ohio State fans sort of look at him in the same way that maybe Auburn fans look at Cadillac right now, quite frankly. But that's yeah. that he served their university, and there's something to be said for that too. So I told somebody yesterday, and I said, the way it's kind of shaping up, I'm like, the way it's shaping up very much looks like, I mean, Auburn's going to get a, a very good football coach. This is not going to be – um, a deal where you know with Harson, you're like, oh, where'd that come from? Like, I, I mean, whether it's Lane Kiffin, whether it's Luke Fickle, whether it's Dan Lanning, whether it's Hugh Freeze, would any of those disappoint? I don't know. I don't think any of those would disappoint. I think all those would be really good hires uh, in circumstances. So, and then even if it's somebody beyond that, I mean, whatever, throw in whoever else, any of the other names we've heard, uh, I think Auburn's going to land a, a good football coach. I just think they've decided that where college football is going. Here's the crazy thing about Kiffin. If you take away Kiffin's background, and I'm not saying you have to, I'm just saying for a second, look, look past some of the controversy of how he ended at USC or the Raiders. And, you know, he's young and brash and that kind of stuff. Um, and you look at where he is right now, just look at from Alabama on, look at from rehabbing with Nick Saban, being at Alabama, OC there, go to FAU, go to Ole Miss. That, that kind of stretch of, you know, that, that version of Lane Kiffin, what he thinks about NIL, what he thinks about the transfer portal, uh, how active he is on social media, like all that stuff. He is an A plus, plus, plus hire. If you're like, where's college football going and who do we need to take us there? He is A plus, 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 plus. The only thing about him is you're just kind of, you think about all the other stuff and it kind of makes you wonder whatever. But if you kind of look beyond that, man, he's a, Perfect, perfect hire for where college football is is going. It's absolutely and, perfect. Yeah, and I talked to some people that, that worked under him, and they said, "What you see, you talk about Lane. You know, what what you see is what you get with him." Was one of the comments. But it, it's basically that he's a hard guy to work for. He's really demanding, but he's not a micromanager. He he, he gives these guys duties. Hey, you're the third down guy. You're the guy that's uh, you're going to handle the blitz packages, whatever. And then he lets them do their thing. Um, and the, the, the guy told me the fun part was, and I think this would be the funnest part for all of us too, was the day that they, they, draw out the, they map out the call sheet for the game. So that was fun. That's fun with Lane Quick Kiffin because that really gets you into his head. That's what he's thinking. And everybody on the staff, everybody's on, everybody knows on that offensive staff that the specific, here's how we're going to attack, here's when we're going to attack, and here's why we're going to attack. There's no guessing. It, now, he lets the game come to him, obviously, but – it was really interesting to get some insight from people that, that know him. Um, they like him. People like him. Now, you know, there's always going to be some people that you ruffle their feathers and don't like working with you and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, he's an interesting guy. And you're right, Justin. I think he does check all the boxes. And, and it just seems like he's older than he is because he's been around forever, right? But he's not even 50 yet, which in coaching, in head coaching, uh, that world is, means he's still pretty young. So he's got a lot, all this experience, but maybe the best is still to come. You know what I mean? That's what you're hoping anyway. Yeah, and somebody asked on the board, they said, when, when I threw out, hey, this could even be a 10 for, this could even be a 12 million, this could be a $120 million contract. Like that's possible. Some people were like blown away by that. And they're like, oh, is that worth it? Would, I, would, I, would you throw out that much? Or that, that seems excessive. Um, 
And I think when you when you take a step back and look at where college ball's at, what he could bring, uh, no, I don't think it is. I mean, imagine in that age is a part of it. What is, you said he's not even 50, Keith, so 47, 48. So imagine if you could, imagine if you get it right with Lane Kiffin. Imagine if you hire him and the way he thinks about offense and portal and NIL and what he learned at Alabama. That guy is try, telling you that dude picked up a lot of stuff from Nick Saban. He is trying to mimic so much of what was what went on, a lot, um, and and bring that to his next programs. Like it, hundred. You could easily look back if you if you hired him the right hire. You could easily look back in five, six, seven years and go, that is that's the best hundred and twenty million dollar contract we've ever signed, and we would have done more honestly, given it what given what he's done. Like so, I I don't think it's a bad investment at, at all. But he's he might be the only one though. I'm not sure I would go that kind of money for anybody else. South Laning, Fickle, Freeze, nobody else I think would warrant that except for Kiffin. I think any any of those other guys I think I'm coming down from that. And I can't justify it, but for Kiffin, I I can. I feel like. Is anybody going to be really excited about Hugh Freeze? Well, we know one person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just hope we don't get to November 27th or whatever it is and Hugh Freeze is the guy and he had been all along. I, I, yeah. I, would, I, I would be excited. That would probably be I'd probably be the only one of our group. But I, mean, I, I think I would be like, okay. Eh. Yeah, I'd be like, it's good coach, good coach. Okay. Good. I mean, okay. If that's a fallback guy. You're like, hey, man, hey. look, Hugh Freeze is going to win you nine games a year, man. I have no doubt about that. By the way, my, uh, Lane Kiffin would be 48 when he coaches his first game next year, wherever he's at. So he's 47 right now. Born, Same age. Born in Lincoln, Nebraska. See, this is what I love about the guy. and the coaching. The, his coaching tree actually started before he was born. He was born in Lincoln, Nebraska. The reason is his dad, Monty Kiffin, was Tom Osborne's defensive coordinator at Nebraska. Okay in the heyday of Nebraska, well, the, the first run they had in the early 70s. And so, and he comes from that football, I mean, he was, that guy was born, well, I remember when I wrote about Will Muschamp when he, when he got hired somewhere else, that they said that when he was a kid, he was drawing plays. He had a notebook full of plays, Will Muschamp, and when he played ColecoVision or whatever it was with his buddies, he'd have this giant notebook of plays that he would hope to run. He lived and breathed football. That's kind of what I get with Lane Kiffin, I, I know he has an outside life, and I, I get all that. But I mean, that what's the? It's kind of like that, that a beautiful mind, you know, these plays in his head. You know what I mean? That's that guy. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, back to Freeze, though. I mean, if he, I, I think people in time would be as ex, would be excited. But if you hire Lane Kiffin, you guys, this is what I was going to ask. You imagine what what it would be like that first week at On to Victory. Hmm. The phone calls, the people registering, signing up to give money. I mean, and, and by the way, Auburn fans are going to give money regardless. Okay, we know that. But boy, that this this would be if this could happen, this would be an an intense off season where Auburn fans would be nirvanic between the day he would be hired to opening day. And know? I don't I don't think I don't think you would get the type of reaction, the consensus with yeah. a Hugh Freeze. I think there would be some apprehension from some guy. Some but I think, yeah, and I agree with that. But I think within a week or two, when everybody 
took a step back, they'd say, okay, well, he is a damn good football coach, and he has won everywhere he's been. There are worse guys you could hire than you. Sure. I mean, the guy is unbelievable, I think. Um, but, but Lane is kind of a – that's the guy right now. Right? That's uh, okay, if, if Lane is an A++++, I would give Hugh Freeze an A. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great hire. Cole, why, do sure. you, why would you be, you know, why would you be, like, over the moon – Hugh Freeze. Uh, I would I would say in Jeffrey's in his example I would say Lane is an A plus plus higher. Hugh Freeze is above is the A plus. I wouldn't say he's an A. I'd say he's higher than. That. I think they're very close, in my opinion. Mm. That's just my opinion. I could be very wrong about that. I, I like Hugh Freeze and the way he runs his offense. I think it's really similar to the way Lane Kiffin does his stuff. I think that. Obviously, he, he knows how to get a team together. He knows how to get the chemistry right. He knows how to pull from the transfer portal. He's done recruiting very well. I mean, in his career, even at Liberty, he's done well. And he's and he can – and the thing that was supposed to be the calling card of, of Brian Harson was evaluation and uh, development. And I think he does both of those things pretty well. And I think it's very obvious when you watch his teams on the field. They actually lead the country in sacks and tackles for loss as well. And they talk about his offense, his defense is killing it too. And they play pretty good competition. They play, you know, Virginia Tech. They played Wake Forest, Arkansas. I mean, they shouldn't be in it with those with those schools, and they are every time. That's true. It's very true. Liberty, dude. Liberty. Obviously, and and they're and and they're beating Arkansas. And the thing that you can't, most people, I mean. Probably 90% of the people that have a problem with Hugh Freeze is because of his baggage. You're not going to hear anybody go, I just don't think he's a good enough coach. No, you're right about that. But, I mean, we're talking about Liberty, right? We're talking about, like, Birmingham Southern. Yes. Liberty. Liberty. Which is, is it, correct me if I'm wrong, is it some kind of Christian university, this Liberty? I think it's a Baptist. <laughs> yeah, it's some kind of Christian university. <laughs> yeah. It is very much a Christian university. They didn't have a problem with his baggage. But but well, I mean, not look. I mean, Baptist. Yes, by the way. Cole, let me tell you something about Baptist. (laughs) (laughs) I was raised one, so I can make that joke. I was. You guys have seen. You guys have seen Kingpin with Randy Quaid and uh, and Woody Harrelson. What does it say in the Bible about forgiveness? You know what I mean? Like, isn't that one of the lines? I mean, you know, so... Yeah. Isn't that one something like that? I mean, it, look, I mean... Only if they're really good. They need... Yeah, well, that's the way the, that's the, way the world works, you know. But I mean, right. Look, you interview the guy, and, and, and if he says, look, I screwed up, I, I need to be a better person, I know I can be a better person, um, you know. But, but I, man, just think about taking a chance on him. What if he does mess up? Well, Dude, oh, my God. Well, risk. I, I would say at, at Liberty, there's a lower risk. Because you would just, you know, hey, we took a chance. We hoped he could get it, his life turned around, and it didn't work out. Because you're not really under the microscope at Liberty, you know. And, you know, if, if, they're, if they're considering, like Justin is saying, this $120 million, if, if money is not an issue for, for Auburn right now, to me, if money was the issue, I would think that that's where my, my Hugh Freeze comes in. Because you're going to get him cheapest yet. You're going to get him on the clearance aisle, right? Com- comparatively speaking, yeah, 
There's no way money. I mean, you get you're getting all this money from TV. You've paid the last two coaches to to leave. You got money, okay? You got. But money. do you have any left over after you've well, paid all that? You, you don't make those moves and then say and then all of a sudden. Oh well, that's true. You don't have any money. Now. That's true. Well, I mean, you know, because otherwise, you know, otherwise you wouldn't have got rid of the last couple of guys. So I, 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 you know. Yeah, I'm not going to spend my last forty five million to to make coaches leave and then I'm be stuck with a. I'm with Justin. Like, I think people harp. Well, I don't know if this is what he was trying to say, but I think people harp on the money part too much. I mean, they're making. I mean, there's people at Auburn. Uh, the amount of people that make six figures is is ridiculous. When you start going through the list at, at these universities, the TV money's flowing in. You know, it's it's. Come on, there's. You want the guy, you're going to get the guy you want. It's it's the it's not like. I don't think people are penny-pinching like they used to. Any, any I think I think the biggest question for negotiation with Lane Kiffin is I would imagine that Kiffin is saying, I want the kind of control that Nick has. Give That's it to him. I want the kind of control, the deal that they, that they struck when Saban came on board. I want that deal. Give whatever, it to whatever him. Whatever that is. And, you know, Cohen obviously – um, you know, is is an experienced AD, friends with Greg Byrne, all those guys. Um, he probably knows the history of of that type of deal. But that that's probably where I would say the sticking point, and not a sticking point. That that's that's a bigger discussion, I think, than than money. If he was like, hey, this is what I want money wise, they'd be like, okay, I think we can do it. And if he said, this is what I want control wise, I think they'd be like, okay, let's talk through that. Not that they won't, but that's where this is at. That's that's I hear you. me that would hang it up is I'm talking about full control, top to bottom, full control the way Nick has it. That's that's what he wants, man. Why wouldn't you give that to him? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, I I don't I don't understand that. If, if if money's not an issue, then I don't I don't think that highly of Hugh Freeze. Cole probably does. I don't think if if, money, if money's an issue and you want a guy who's going to be relatively cheap and you want a guy who you can control somewhat, Hugh Freeze is the perfect candidate for you. He is the perfect coach for you. You can get him for five, six million a year. You can control him how you want to control him. He will, like I said, crawl over here on broken glass with his butt cheeks spread. <laughs> That's your guy. That was a great visual. Thank you. <laughs> if you. <laughs> If you want to spend a hundred million dollars on an A plus plus coach, he's not your guy. You can do better. Well, what if he's an is an A plus is an A plus coach with and a high risk, high risk, yes, high risk, high reward, right? Uh, with less money spent, is that a win too, or is that a loss? I just think you can't look. Auburn is such a, a, a sensitive point in its history. Right now, you you make the wrong choice here. I don't think you can afford to to hire a high risk guy. I, I totally agree, which is why I feel like Luke Fickle and Jeff Grimes are the exact risk to me. Oh oh oh! Uh, uh, I'll give Fickle the benefit of the doubt. Jeff Grimes has zero head coaching experience. If you're going to if you're going to pay a hundred million dollars for a guy, Jeff Grimes is not your man. Hugh Freeze is not your man. Luke Fickle, I I, I don't know enough about him. I just he's he's a he's he's a winner. All right, 
Yeah. But he's not he's not Southern. To, to me, he's not SEC. He has no background in the SEC. If you're going to hire a hundred million dollars, if you're going to invest a hundred million dollars in a coach, allegedly as they all would with Lane Kiffin, those three guys are off my list. To me, the highest risk in this whole search is not knowing much about the guy. Just like we're saying, not knowing much about Fickle. We don't know what Jeff Browns would be able to do. To me, the top two guys that you know the most about are Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze. We know the most about them. We know yeah. we have enough. We have enough evidence that they can do it. Knowing, knowing, knowing enough about Hugh Freeze though tends to lead me to not hire him. <laughs> well, that's again. There, there comes a new risk. By the way, Lane Kiffin has is been in the SEC now for a while. So people, I'm not ripping you, Jeff, but people think that he's a Southern guy. But he's, I mean, the guy was born in Lincoln. He went to college at Fresno State. He went to high school in Minnesota. He coached at USC for a bunch of years. Then with the Raiders, uh, he was a GA at Colorado State. So he's not a Southerner, but he knows the lay of the land in the South. And that, That's and a think, very, you know. Yeah, and I think a very underrated aspect of, of this when, when we're talking about personality and we get started talking about, like, Hugh, Hugh Freeze is a politician and, like, what will Lane be like? And Dude, all Lane's been at Alabama. He's been at Tennessee. He's been at Ole Miss. Yeah, he, he knows how it's going to work, but I still, I think, you know, and I don't know, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily why I think this. Obviously, I know Bruce. I think that their relationship, Bruce and Lane, going back to Tennessee, I think would benefit Lane greatly at Auburn. I, I, I really do think if he ended up at Auburn, having Bruce here and what Bruce has done and how he works things, and they're already they're already having a relationship, I really think that would help Lane sort of acclimate. Hey, just, just do a little bit more. Just do a tad more, man. You don't feel crazy. Just just give him a little bit a little bit of something. I really think he could he could learn a little bit and, 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 and make some good strides in terms of just just a couple more things involved, you know, what community, whatever. Just to make Auburn fans happy, I think he would be. I think Bruce would be an unbelievable influence for Lane being on the same campus. Like I really think that's a maybe an underrated um, part of this if it does happen. I do. So let's go back to 13 years ago, 2009 at Tennessee. <laughs> could you have ever imagined? Obviously, we don't know if Lane's going to end up at, at Auburn or not for sure. But here, but could you have ever imagined? I mean, it's funny how things really change over a decade or so. Bruce Pearl and, and Lane Kiffin would be coaching together at an SEC West school in 13 years. And, you know, it's just kind of funny. It's, it's, wild. Cool, it's cool to think about the possibilities. But obviously, you know, we got to see how this plays out. It is wild to think about. And they both, they both you know, ran into their NCAA issues at Tennessee. And, and, and now, now Bruce, I think, is still very well liked there. I mean, Tennessee fans can say whatever, but they're, they're crazy if they don't um, still like him. Uh, Lane's a different story, <laughs> but but um, man, I, yeah. So we'll see. I still think it's Lane right now, and until it's uh, not, I guess I'll have to go. I don't know. Maybe I'll call in next week and ask Lane the questions, and somebody else will. Um, Be the hero we need, Justin. From, Can you get some that. final thoughts from Jeffrey on, on that. Yeah. Be yeah. the hero Ole Miss fans deserve. I, I want well, Jeffrey to criticize me for asking a question they should have asked me. Then criticize that. I want Jeffrey to. Um, I want Jeffrey to call in 
to, to the conference call, teleconference, and say, how about you, Lane? Hey, how about you? Since these cowards over here in Oxford won't do it, I'm having to call in from Auburn. Yeah, how about you, everybody? This is Jeffrey Lee, Auburn Live. Uh, Lane, quick question. Are you going to Auburn or what? What's yeah. the deal? hear that impression again, Keith. It was really good. I mean, you had me fooled. Yeah, will you be an ex-head coach at Auburn? Like, that's probably the best thing because he's – He's probably going, shit, I don't want to flat out lie. Like, I don't want to straight up be on the record as lying. So how, So if my answer is, look, guys, I, boom, all right, there you go. I'm, why, not, I'm not answering that question. Why is it so hard? Like, how come this has been going on for 50 years and people, there's not just one standard answer that they all would give? They all say, half of these guys seem like, I can't, like they can't believe somebody asked it when it's asked. Like, just say, hey, you know, I appreciate the question, but right now my focus is solely on the Ole Miss team that I'm coaching right now, the – the guys deserve it. I'm not trying to – I understand you guys got to do a job, but uh, but my focus is with these guys right now. And, and that's not a denial. That's not a – except that's just – that's where my focus is, and I'd appreciate, uh, you know, next question. Not that hard. There's only two ways to answer that question is, no, I'm not interested in that job. I'm here to stay. This is where I want to retire. And then not answering it that way. There's only two ways you can answer it. One is, like yeah. Dan Landing did, or are you going to lie? Which Dan Lanning did. He did. He, it was a it was a great answer. <clears throat> but, you know, he just turned it and just said, "I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to speak nothing but positive things about Oregon." He didn't. He didn't deny anything. He just said, "Hey, sometimes." Oh, I thought he. I thought he said, "No, I'm not going" or something. Oh, I'd have to go back and read it. Uh, he may have. I, I I I took it as like, "Hey, look, Oregon's got everything I would want. I love it. My kids love it. They got." It's everything that I would That's want. probably the best way to do it. And you're like, well, that's all true. But it doesn't mean that something else couldn't draw you from it. Like, I would just say, look, man, this is this place has got everything that I would, you know, that I, I love everything about this place or whatever, and which is to be true. And if there's either an, uh, a denial or a non-denial. I guess what, to, to, to simplify what I was saying earlier, you either deny it or you're not. Yeah. Um, and. You say no comment and, and leave it completely open to interpretation. Oh, man. That that, that would get them going. <laughs> I'm sorry. What would you say? I don't know. Yeah. Just play down. Um, all right. Do you want to do uh, prize picks real quick? Prize picks, baby. Prize picks. Prize picks, Matt. We love it. We're all getting in on it, whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the game. Prize picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action in the game. In states like Alabama, hell, over 70% of the United States, 30 states in Canada, you simply select two to five players and predict that they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any interest, on any entry and download the app, visit prospects.com, sign up using the code WARREAGLE, all caps, one word, to get instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit 100 bucks, prize picks will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50. Don't forget that the prize picks app or prizepicks.com and the code War Eagle all caps one word to claim your bonus today and get to picking. Get to picking, man. More or less, we don't have any numbers for the Auburn Western Kentucky game this weekend, understandably. So, I did notice that Quinshawn Judkins for Ole Miss against Arkansas his more or less is 115.5 rushing yards. That's a pretty steep projection. But now, Cole, Arkansas is not a great run defense, if I'm not mistaken. Auburn. Um, yeah, they're just not a great defense. There you go. 
Bottom so, line. so uh, one fifteen point five more or less. That's probably better. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Uh, um, also, while we're uh, all projecting, so anyways, go go prospects, man. Get that hundred dollar hundred percent deposit match. Start playing. You can play on any sport. A lot of fun, and you can hedge. You can flex. You can. You can uh, a lot of options in there to have fun with, man. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun for Cole and myself. Zach in the back's got the line at my, Auburn minus five and a half this weekend over Western Kentucky with an over and under of fifty two and a half. Want to get some picks in before uh, before we go, before we yeah. wrap it up. Yep. Fifth, five and a half. I I don't know much about Western Kentucky. Matter of fact, all I know is those are the Hilltoppers, and now I know why they're called the Hilltoppers. Y'all know more than I do. I'm looking at the line. Again, no way I'm picking Auburn to lose. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, Zach says 34-31. Okay. And 34 for Auburn. I feel like Auburn will, I don't know. I mean, Western United's got a really good offense. I think Auburn will do okay uh, against it. I mean, I, I think you've faced a little bit of it against Mississippi State. I, I think they're, 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 Simplified things a little bit last few weeks, so I think they hold them somewhat in check, which is really just tackling. They're going to rack up yards. It's just tackle. Let them get yards, make tackles, hold them to field goals, whatever. Um, so I'm going to go 34. I'm going to go 34 to 20. Auburn. Okay. Two touchdown. Something like that. Okay. I could see. You know, I think Western Kentucky could easily get to 400 yards, something like that. That may be Auburn. Gets a pick or something. 34-20. Okay. Competitive game. Keith Naber. How about you, everybody? Hey, uh, everybody. Let's go. I'm going to say Auburn 30-27. to 27 at your Back and forth game. Um, you know, if you're Western Kentucky, you're probably smelling a little blood. You know, you're this is a Super Bowl-type game for you. And Auburn just had the big game, big emotional game last week. That's why they're having to implore people to show up this week. Uh, to kind of keep that same thing going, but it's not going to be the same. We know that. Um, so it's going to be a tough game. I mean, it really could probably go either way. Um, but uh, watch it end up being a blowout now. But uh, I'll say 30 to 27 Auburn. I think they'll be able to run the ball, mix in some passes, some, maybe a, some play action, some deep balls, you know, stuff like that. Um, so should be entertaining. Okay, Cole Pinkston. I'll give I'll give one of those weird number scores. I'll go 32 17. Uh, I, I like the trend of, of the defense creating some turnovers right now. I think Derek Hall, I think Kobe Wooden are in a groove. I think they're going to get to the quarterback and possibly get that ball out a few times because uh, that's what they want to do. They want to stand there and throw. So I like that matchup, and I like Auburn secondary pretty well too. So hey, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Auburn's defense. I've got it like 27 to 16. Late in the game, and Western Kentucky scores to make it 27-23 in cover. So I've got Auburn 27-23 in a game that wasn't as close as the final score. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think the key will be if Auburn can can build on the creative running plays, the creative running game from last week, that'll be massive just to keep the ball. I mean, 36 minutes of time possession, you do that against Western Kentucky, you're in good shape. If you also are tackling well on defense, um, you're going to be in – you're going to be in good shape. I mean, you, you win that thing 36 minutes to, <clears throat> to 26 or 25, whatever it was. So I think that'll be that'll be huge to um, 
to keep running the football like that. And you know, who knows? Maybe this is maybe this is a game where Asher breaks out a little bit and has some success in the in the passing game. But yeah, it helps out. I mean, I don't know Western Kentucky. I can't imagine that they have the type of defense. If Auburn goes in there and completes another six balls against Western Kentucky, gosh, I mean, come on, we we got to be a little better than that against Western Kentucky, right? Fifteen to twenty-five, right? It's kind of hard to believe that Ashford completed 24 passes and had a QB rating of 150 against Arkansas. Isn't that hard to believe after you've seen the last couple of weeks? Did he throw for over 300 against LSU? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. 338, I think. Um, I mean, that's the focus at that time was on his quarterback development. The focus now is on let's get the ball moving on the ground. Yep. Know? Well, but now that you've been able to run the last two weeks, that should theoretically then open some things up in the passing game, right? And that how it works. Yeah, yeah it's not good work, Keith. But you never know. You never know with all this. All right, cool. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, we'll be back next week to uh, preview the Iron Bowl, man. Isn't that crazy? Ooh, wow. Actually, uh, we'll have to figure out next week because normally we record on Thursday mornings. That's Thanksgiving, so <clears> – <throat> We'll have to figure out a uh, a new day. I'm actually going. Well, to- we're all going to be getting ready for our, our egg bowl watch parties that that morning anyway. So oh, no doubt. Maybe we'll maybe we'll aim for another. We'll try to figure out another day. Maybe Wednesday night, maybe it's something yeah, you got. Something like that. Um. All right. Cool. Appreciate everybody for joining us. AuburnLive.com. Go subscribe. Twenty five bucks, and that gets you access till the start of next football season, I think, and that will end quickly. So uh, take advantage of that. Appreciate everybody joining us. We'll catch you next time. See ya.